0: There's no place to escape to. This
2: is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Okay, so last week, obviously, people said uh, Henry Skrowski doesn't have a full encyclopedic knowledge of all the various different regional accents of the UK, England, Dublin. And, you know, a lot of people I don't say think this. they said it like that. They were like, your accent sucks yep. is what they were <laughs> saying. Yes, 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 yes. But, but, you know,
1: well, one person did like kindly say, like, I don't think Henry quite grasps the West accent.
2: <laughs> and I don't. But this is how, how I figured it out. He's
1: struggling with the quite a bit. <laughs> but this is
2: how he figured it out And tell me if I'm incorrect because I did find Sections of Fred West's diary So one thing I want to read uh, to see if this sounds like it Right it sounds like mm-hmm. it right um, I look up to the roof at the back of the Cafe and there was Bill he hates Saking over him by the bathroom window I said what you're doing up there He said <laughs> shh he came down to me He said I pick up two young girls in Bristol And how we're coming to Gloucester And they stay the night and they're having a bath And this is the best way to see them all you right. sound like you're from I, fucking Minnesota. I
1: don't I fucking, don't know either I'm
2: way. Trying, I, I, we're gonna learn though, aren't we? You
3: sound like the world's worst linguistic teacher, and I think you're gonna be fired. <laughs> Welcome to the Last Podcast of the Left, everyone. Ben hanging out with Marcus and Henry. Of course, Henry teaching all of us about accents. Through the disgusting words of Fred West. Uh,
2: Don't worry, there's going to be a lot more of it, but it does feel like it has sort of the same, like, vibe. There's something about the country English accent and the activity of watching two plump girls in a well, like, stuck in a well with their butts hanging out, and you just sitting there with a weird, unlit, long, like, kind of like a cigarette, but it's more just a bunch of leaves in your mouth that's going, Hey, there... Uh, and that's it <laughs> that's like, very I feel scary like that's the entire experience
3: put the butter on the sourdough
2: <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome
3: what?
1: to Fred and Rose West, part two. He's saying he's not saying put the lotion on the skin. He's saying put the butter, put the on, the butter on the sourdough. Yeah.
2: Wow, that was like a five degree joke. Good work. Martin. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah you're welcome. Yeah, I know him.
3: Welcome to Plumpy's Hostage Cat Academy. <laughs> you got to have a catchphrase if you really want to have him hostage. Uh, put the butter
2: on the sourdough. All right. Uh, Honestly, hey Jeb. Next time, eat lunch
1: before class. Oh, dang it. So when we last left Fred and Rose West, they just tied the knot a few months after Rose turned 18. This is when Fred was in his mid to late 20s. It's
2: like Dane Cook.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Afterward, they moved out of their starter home into another building owned by a Polish immigrant, Frank Zygmunt, the infamous 25 Cromwell Street. Oh. And
2: there's never been a man more proud of his sex dungeon
1: oh, than Fred no. West. Now, Fred and Rose's previous apartment had been just fine for burying a body out sure. in the yard. So were most. Yeah, because <laughs> Fred stepped out of Charmaine had been buried out there after Rosemary killed this young child in a fit of rage. Twenty-five Cromwell Street, however, afforded a slew of new opportunities for the burgeoning psychopathic couple, from extensive body storage to a space for a proper torture and kill room. And a proper torture and kill room, by the way, honestly does not often exist. Outside of horror movies. That's what
3: makes this all so much scarier is 25 Cromwell Street. Sounds like it could be the place of Wallace and Gromit. Oh, it like is. It sounds <laughs> like it could be. It, it, it should be where everyone has crumpets for breakfast, lunch. and da-da. They do. But uh, it was not.
2: They were Wallace and Gromit's neighbors. Oh, it is completely no. real. And what Marcus said, too, about a dungeon, like an actual sex dungeon, you're right. It is mostly art designed. Like, you know, they have that. You see that cute show. That Netflix shows like oh does your sex room? Oh, I didn't that see that. Where it's all about your yeah. sex room, and it's supposed to be like you know whole it's sex a bit, room. It's a way cheeky, <laughs> and then the whole thing is I don't know is that none of them have pictures of fucking Woody and Buzz before they were Woody and Buzz Mm -hmm. crudely painted on the walls by the victims. And that's a sex dungeon. And Mm -hmm. that's where this woman will never put in the proper detail to properly, Mm. properly make you scared to go down to a place. Triple X, Toy Story.
1: Now, the house at 25 Cromwell had, oh, fucking Christ. Yeah, 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 I'm I'm not going to go into this ain't Toy Story, Triple X. (laughs) No, it's not. It is
2: not. (laughs) It is not Toy Story.
1: Now, the house at 25 Cromwell had three floors, an attic, and most importantly, a cellar. The cellar was accessible and usable only by Fred and Rose West, and as soon as the couple moved in with Fred's surviving child, Anna Marie, and Rose's first child with Fred, Heather, the Wests began plans to expand their cellar into a nefarious dungeon of pain and
3: death. If you cannot go, as we've talked about many times, into certain sections of somebody's home, that means you're a serial killer, unless it's Guy Fieri, in which case he has to hide his chicken recipes under lock and key. Because they're proprietary. In (laughs) a random garage. Yeah, they're
2: worth
1: their weight in gold. It is. Yeah, well, maybe he he should let out that fucking recipe to some of the Guy Fieri pop-ups that are coming up around the country, because that is the single worst meal I've ever had in my entire life. Besides the
2: crimes of Fred and Rose West, (laughs) Chicken Guy is like the second worst thing I ran into this year. Unfortunately, I don't want to sandwich a chicken review into this episode, but it is not great.
1: Well, according to one young woman who got snared in the web of the West but survived, Mm -hmm. Fred gave her a tour of the cellar before it was outfitted as a torture room in which Fred very explicitly said that he was going to turn it into a torture room.
2: But Fred's Uh superpower, if he has one, is he does have the ability... Because, again, let me just, maybe it's the country thing. Like, I sent mm. you a, I sent Marcus a clip mm. of, like, country British humor. You know, it's all being like, and i watched this. She popped over there. She was bent over the Tesco there. O- she was bent over the freezer there. And I saw a couple of her shorties popping out of the inside. And I had to give her a, I'd give her a portion. I would give a bit of a portion. Oh, my. But he had a bit, he kind of did have an ability to say things that he was doing, but because he had like a little horrible, like, jack o' lantern glint in his eye, it's like a people smirk. were like, Yeah, yeah smirk. Mm. He'd be like, He's like, Yeah, okay, we're we gonna turn it into a torture room. And they're all like, Fred,
3: you're crazy. Well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no one would ever do that in real life.
1: They do. I know. Well, the cellar itself was divided into separate rooms featuring white walls that had long since disintegrated away or mostly disintegrated away to show the long-standing brick underneath. And above, one could see the floorboards of the first floor apartment and hear the steps of people walking free. But what's almost unbelievable about 25 Cromwell Street is that Fred and Rose weren't the only ones living in the building. They had Hmm. upstairs neighbors. (laughs) No kidding. While the Wests had the first floor and the cellar, the second and third floors were rented out to tenants the entire time that the Wests were doing what they were doing, both in the cellar and in their own apartment. I will say, after fucking 13 years living in New York, you learn
2: to not hear.
3: A Lot of earmuffs <laughs> going on, without a doubt, some Vince Vaughn activity happening.
2: You just don't hear it. You just no. go like lal li, la, li, la, li, li, because then you also know how much they hear coming from your apartment. Yeah. So we all have oh, to Oh, the grunts alone just from the bathroom. Was there a shiplap <laughs> down there? Honestly, if only because that's like you fix all that up, you go no. there, you have a couple of track closets. Marcus doesn't know shiplap.
1: Oh, it is you know very what is? nice. I've, I've old never heard wood. of shiplap in my life. It's
2: because he doesn't know. He doesn't. Know. He doesn't, know. <laughs> he doesn't know. It's called old wood that you resell to white people. Yeah. Uh, and what they ship do lap. is they look at it and they're like, oh, look, it's all degraded and old. And you <laughs> vintage yeah. shiplap. Yeah.
1: Why are you people fucking always talking to me? You're always making fun of me for going to the fucking dump. You guys are putting up old wood in your houses, Ship calling lap. it shiplap, giving it a fancy-ass name, and I'm the dirt bag for grubbing around the fucking dump. Hey, man, it's no. like
2: aioli most of the time. It's just the chef's cum. Well, <laughs> all right. That's why
1: it's thinner. Isn't that something? Well, before Fred and Rose even moved into 25 Cromwell Street, and this is concerning what they did in the apartment, Rose West had been doing sex work for at least a couple of years. But after moving, they got a bigger space in which to stretch out. And Rose began taking clients at home full time. This was actually something that Fred fully encouraged because he particularly liked watching Rose get railed by all manner of men in what came to be known... As mom and dad's room.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if he thought that he was being sneaky. Because I do think in many ways he did think that he was this genius. But he just kind of slid past. A lot of bullshit because he did have that little twinkle in his eye. But just the idea of like, you're, I mean, obviously, uh, I guess well, I mean, at I this have... point you're having sex with Rose West in a basement. She looks like a minion. Oh, no, you're you know, not that, in a basement.
1: You're... you're upstairs. You're in the apartment. You're in the bedroom. You're you in the I mean, bedroom.
2: Well, that's so much better. But then, you know, you hear the, eh, of like the little holes and you just <laughs> see him going like, oh, eh. Yeah, give it to, her. give it to, her. and you think that it's yeah. like he's giving it a portion, and you think that he's that just term. fucking it up. Like yeah. he's, he's obviously not sneaky.
3: There's yeah. some porkies like activity going on here, but Rose West and uh, Fred, Fred being a cuckold, is really the least of our worries. Well,
2: of course, well,
3: yeah, that's the healthiest part of this story, I think.
1: Well, I mean, calling Fred a cuckold is simplifying things a little bit. Let's get yes. into it. Okay. This, he's an entrepreneur. This, <laughs> an innovator This fuck space had a plaque in the wall Bearing Rose's name Aww. But beneath the plaque was a spy hole That Fred could use to watch It was so low to the ground That he had to kneel down And concerning this part of Fred's paraphilia Voyeurism was certainly at the forefront But there was an element Of cuckery Specifically, Fred would sometimes take the used condoms left behind by Rose's clients and slather himself with the spent semen contained therein. Again, the filthiest
2: people alive. You mean, you know what they say? They're like, when will they make the Netflix show? Yes, (laughs) when is it going to happen? I can't wait to see who plays Fred West. You know it's going to be, I mean, it's... It'll uh, be somebody British.
3: uh, Actually, they need to give this role to an American.
2: You know who I'm seeing? Chris Pine. You know who I can see for some Fred reason? Fred West,
1: <coughs> Ben Savage. <laughs> no, there was already Fred West. Fred West was already played by a guy. They there was a movie. It was a series called. Oh yeah, called did a bunch Appro- of movies. It was called Appropriate Adult. It was I think Dominique West is the guy. The guy that was in the The Wire, the main character in oh. The Wire. Oh yeah, yeah the, perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah the That's guy that played the guy that played him. McNulty. He played Fred West. Interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, caused a bit of a. Ruffle in yeah. Britain when they oh yeah, yeah yeah because again it's
2: making them like sexy and interesting yeah. when they were just they were the epitome of like it's like in in my mind it's like what you base the trolls of folk tales on mm-hmm. are them mm-hmm.
1: yeah well as far as the kids went Fred installed a red light bulb in the living room connected to a switch in Mom and Dad's room and that light would be turned on when Rose was quote unquote entertaining so as oh. to keep the kids out. As far as extracurricular sex went, though, Rose was bisexual, so she and Fred engaged in a number of threesomes, although threesome might be a stretch since Fred, of course, always ejaculated within seconds, no matter what. Hey, man. Hey,
3: man, that counts.
2: <laughs> right Come on now. Also, he's, he's easy, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, though, these girls who were runaways, hitchhikers, and other marginalized... What do you mean, easy? (laughs) He's
2: easy. He's he's easy. He's fast. He's real fast.
1: (laughs) Regardless, though, these girls who were runaways, hitchhikers, and other marginalized members of society, they got picked up from various locations around Gloucester. Gloucester? Gloucester. Gloucester. Around Gloucester. I'll definitely get a little email about that one. Gloucester. Give him the
2: shorty, give him a portion.
3: I don't like that. I don't want to have a portion.
1: (laughs) But Fred didn't just do a solo snatch and grab. Instead, Rose came along riding in the front seat, enticing the girls into thinking that the situation wasn't highly dangerous. Mm. But while they didn't immediately start putting the girls they picked up into the ground upon moving to 25 Cromwell Street, they did decide to test it out prior to making it a kill room. Mm. And they did so with one of their own children. And this here is gold star territory, for sure. Yeah. After bringing Fred's eight-year-old daughter, Anna Marie, down to the cellar, Rosemary held her down and laughed maniacally as Fred raped his own daughter. He then removed the remains of her hymen and collected it in a Pyrex bowl for reasons beyond understanding.
2: I'm glad you don't understand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But seeing how there were so many body parts missing from his murder victims and considering his behavior during this disgustingly evil act, it's speculated that Fred West may have also been a cannibal.
3: Oh, my. I, I completely believe that he was a cannibal. Well, I, I mean, at this point, I don't don't doesn't uh, surprise me, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. But not too long after the collection of the broken hymen, days at most, Fred brought home a long metal bar bent into a U-shape and fitted with handles, which he had commissioned as a custom-made piece at the factory where he was then working as a machinist. After taking it down to the basement and installing this metal bar, Rose and Fred strapped Anna Marie into the frame, and Fred and Rose took turns abusing her over the course of an entire day, Fred using himself on his lunch break, and Rosemary using a large vibrator the rest of the time. Hours later, once Anna Marie thought it was all over, Rose drew her a bath, but to add just that little extra touch of sadism, Rose had poured salt into the water before Anna Marie had climbed in, which burned all the small and large wounds she'd suffered at the hands of her father and stepmother. And right around the time that these horrific acts were committed by both Fred and Rose... Rose gave birth again to another baby girl. And trust me, we're going to lose track of just how many children Fred and Rose had when they had them and who the actual father was. Now, these Jeez. are just
2: slices of what happened in that home. Like, we're going to talk about it a little bit about the <coughs> extensive abuse of the entire family. But it's it's It just goes without saying it's kind of beyond the pale. It's something that you can't imagine. It's the reason why this this story is very difficult to cover, like in unless you read the books, because the books are difficult to read because Mm -hmm. it is hundreds of pages.
1: Yeah, I truncated that uh, experience greatly. But yeah, like that, that experience goes on for pages and pages and pages.
2: Yeah. And so it's important to know like, while we, we wanted to cover it for detail's sake so that you know the extent of what happened in that home, but just know that it happened again and again and again. Our goal is to try to make you, we, we want you to know that it happened, but we don't need to drag you through yeah. every single minute of it.
1: Yeah. But part of the reason why keeping track of which kid was born when and to whom. It was that the house at 25 Cromwell Street very quickly turned into a sexual free-for-all that never slowed down, despite the fact that it was being quickly filled with children. It got worse. Yeah. The tenants they brought in to live upstairs were mostly young men at this point, and Rose was having sex with most of them out in the open, often wearing little more than a dressing gown to entice the overly horny young men into railing her day and night so Fred could watch. I mean, and again, I just, you
2: have to be super horny. You have to be crazy horny to look at Rose West and be like, yeah. Well, Excellent.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, the picture that we have of Rose West that everyone thinks of, that's Rose West. 25 years after the time that we're th- talking about.
2: I looked at the old pictures of her, too. She looks like fucking Ringo Starr.
3: I don't know, folks. You <laughs> heard it here first. Marcus thinks that Rose West is a real Ted.
1: <laughs> I did not. I do wow. not think I'm No, That's unbelievable. I'm, I, 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 I didn't have my 2022 Randy Suicide. Kraft's number one fan. Randy I, Kraft's <laughs> number one fan is going to fucking come to me about me. this shit. And everyone wow. gets mad at me
2: for like an LRH. And all he ever did was generate millions of dollars of income for Tom Cruise.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm just putting shit in the context. I'm making sure everything here is accurate, Fantastic. sir. Oh That's what we do. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, we're driving Acuras here. Yes, of down course. Down the highway. Oh, no. Oh, we're driving. Are we the Acuras? Are we the Acura <laughs> Oh, my God. No.
0: <laughs> I
3: can't do that. I can't have a spoiler.
1: But since there was so much railing happening in the house, the West had to hire another live-in nanny, a 17-year-old named Carolyn Owens, who worked for the West family for three pounds a week. Eventually, she grew to despise Fred, as most people did. She was mostly creeped out by the way conversations always turned to either sex or Fred's proficiency at medical procedures, specifically abortions.
2: It's not a fun topic of conversation, but, I, you know, I guess, yeah, it's not good. I mean, not no. all the time.
1: No, after, <laughs> yeah, not all the time, not once a week at time. most. I mean, yeah, if you're talking yeah. about uh, more than once a week, it's beyond the pale. Yeah. Now, after a few weeks living in the West home... Carolyn Owens wisely decided to leave, but Rose was a little miffed because she hadn't yet had a chance to have sex with her. So Fred and Rose formulated a plan to kidnap and rape Carolyn together. But Fred did make it very clear that the affair might end in murder, which was just fine with Rose. Just having these open
2: conversations. Natalie and I have a hard time discussing like what we want for dinner. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we really yeah. get into log jams talking about being like, well, you want Mexican. No, no, I don't know. I gotta feel like I have Japanese. I can't imagine bringing up the idea of, like, okay, we're going to co-sexually assault this woman. But, hey, I just want to warn you. We might have to murder her at the end of it. And then her sitting there, yeah. oh, let me think, oh, is it bad or is it wrong? I'm, you know, you're right. You're yeah. right, Fred.
3: Well, maybe sometimes you should cook for your wife. <laughs>
2: I do. <laughs> I, nice do if you did that. I do cook for my wife.
1: Well, on December 6th, 1972, Fred and Rose West followed Carolyn in their car Ugh. and rudely confronted her on the street after she'd visited her boyfriend. After getting into the backseat of the car and denying Rose's advances, Carolyn was punched repeatedly by Fred until she blacked out. When she woke up, she was bound and still in the car, but Fred was wrapping a roll of brown tape around her head while Rose again laughed and held her down. That's going to be a common theme. Rose laughs through all of these, every single one. She finds all of this very funny, very pleasurable, very enjoyable.
2: She loves it. She loves it. Of all of the people, uh, and then we'll cover a little bit later, Myra Henley, same thing, loved it.
1: Mm -hmm. They then took Carolyn back to 25 Cromwell Street and sat her on the couch, where Fred cut the tape off with a knife, slicing her face in the process. After they both raped her, Fred and Rose West went to bed, leaving Carolyn gagged with cotton balls and tied up in probably mom and dad's room. She was there for two days Until finally, Fred came to her with tears in his eyes. This happens more than once. Like, he does this thing where he goes through all the stuff and
2: he's a demon. And then he comes in there and then he does this weird other fucked up. Because there's another form of abuse. Just being like, um, he starts crying and he's like, I'm out of control. And I don't know. I don't know how it ended up like
1: this. Well, this time he said that it had all been Rose's idea. He claimed that this was just what she was like when she was pregnant. Oh, yeah. My mom was super into boiled
2: potatoes. Yes, I know that. (laughs) She just, that's
1: the only thing she
3: could eat. Some gals like pickle and ice cream, and I guess Rose had a different
1: fascination. You're right, Kissel. Yeah. By this point, Fred had a good idea of what Rose was like when she was pregnant, because this was, I think, Rose's third child with Fred. I think it's Mm -hmm. maybe when she was pregnant with her son, Stephen, although I could be wrong. Eventually, there was fucking eight, so it's hard to keep track of who was born when. Incredibly, Fred asked Carolyn if she still wanted to be their nanny. And because she didn't want to die, she agreed. She spent the day cleaning the house and caring for the children until the whole gaggle went to the laundromat. But as Fred was parking the car, Carolyn escaped, ran home, and told her mother what happened. Soon, detectives were knocking on the door at 25 Cromwell Street. And when Rose was asked if the allegations made by Carolyn Owens were true, Rose said, quote... Don't be fucking dived. What are you, son, going? Well, it seems like you're a psychopath. Mm-hmm. But after a cursory glance at Fred's car, detectives found a button from Carolyn's coat, a roll of brown tape, and a large collection of pornographic photos. In the car, mind you. It's for driving around.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre toy I play with sometimes at red lights. Yeah, sometimes I read.
2: Really? Yeah, I'll bring. we've talked about this before. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's the problem. That yeah, is I dangerous, do
1: yeah. As much, you read at the stoplight, though. You don't do it while you're, re- while you're driving, right? Yeah, sure. No, if he, if he uh, read don't...
3: while driving, it would interfere with the road rage.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> the problem is the reading sometimes has <laughs> set it off. You yeah. go, I'm sick of learning.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Fred and Rose were arrested together for the first time. Now, both of them eventually admitted to just physical assault, although Rose soft-pedaled and tried to mitigate her participation by saying that she was supposed to have been seeing a psychiatrist for her, quote-unquote, lesbian tendencies. And because she had stopped, that's why she lost her mind. Jeez. But when it came time to get a full statement from Carolyn Owens that would have cinched the rape charges, Carolyn was reluctant to relive the experience. And Fred and Rose West both agreed to plead guilty to the lesser charge of assault. The magistrate somehow bought it, saying that Fred West was, and this is a direct quote, a docile sort who did not look capable of violence. Yeah,
2: and it's well, they, literally they got it wrong. Was well, the whole time because he does the thing. He's like, oh, yeah, like, of course we're a bit of an odd sort. We give a bit of a little, a little nudge nudge, know what I mean, know what I mean, Give a little grip, grip, a little, little snip snip. You know what I mean? Like they they he just talks like that and they're all like, eh, it's my that's what my body says. That's what my right. buddy does. He says the same thing. He's always in with a bit of an elbow rub and a big tug and a big of a snip. And it's just like that's all they do. And then they don't sure. when they say all those little fun little rabbit words, like they all live in like a <laughs> toadstool like castle. Yeah. they they then are like they don't understand that's a covering up like years of abuse.
3: Yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff. Seems like they didn't really do a proper character assessment. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: And since the magistrate decided that Fred's criminal history, which was all theft at this point, he mm. decided it had no relevance to the current case. He also decided that, you know, Rose, no criminal history at this point, also pregnant. So he said, hey, 25 pounds and you're free. And what? that's what they did. They paid a 25 pound fine and then they went home. Unbelievable. Oh my God. I
2: actually did hear some research from uh, I got some really great emails mm. about ECT and being pregnant and it's kind of all over the place. There's mm-hmm. some there are many of them. The many emails were like, well, there's no documented process, but it can't be like great. Yeah, like, it can't be point. awesome. I and mean, then there is. But there is one study that said that there was no effect. That mm-hmm. did Sometimes, but it was only supposed to be done for emergency purposes when somebody is literally suicidal and you're pregnant. And so it's like, yeah, sure. I could lightly fry the baby for a couple of seconds instead of you killing yourself and the baby. Yep. But, you know, you know,
1: yeah, I'm good. Mean, I don't yeah, think it was- it's great. Yeah, there's one study that says that there's no effect, but multiple stories that say or multiple studies that say it ain't good. I mean, there's a couple of stories that say climate change ain't real. Doesn't mean that it's fucking true. <laughs> and
3: that, and that's exactly why I'm here, and I think we should really get into climate change. Oh, <laughs> start this talking honestly, about the the that. That's that. the only way that the subject
2: of the episode becomes less pleasant.
1: Yes, we
3: just <laughs> <laughs> great. Sea levels are rising folks. <laughs>
2: Let
1: me get my graphs. Come on. Get on my who wants to who wants to sign up to my newsletter my email chain yeah. i'll send you some graphs I'll send I, you some graphs i don't want to be electrocuted no no <laughs> no obtaining their freedom so easily taught fred and rose a couple of lessons one they learned that it was possible to do absolutely horrific things together and get away with it even if they mm. got pinched but more importantly they realized that it was best to not risk leaving anyone alive uh. Furthermore, it was best to choose victims nobody would miss. Although they would break that last guideline time and again to no consequence, because mm. again we learned the biggest thing is that they need confessions. They're, they're the criminal system. The criminal
2: justice system works the same way over there as it does over here, where they are desperate for confessions and nobody, no crime. It is very difficult to get somebody for murder if you don't. If you don't first find the body, it is very difficult. Mm-hmm. More wigs, though. We bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put a long rambling one sentence email at four o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body.
1: Done. Now, because they got even the tiniest bit more careful, Fred and Rose wouldn't come close to a police investigation for another nine years. Wow. And nine women would end up dead, buried at 25 Cromwell as a result. If, however, Fred and Rose killed at least an average of one woman a year from the time they got married until the time they were arrested, as is suggested by the bodies found buried at their home, and considering how they sometimes clustered kills, it's thought that the true number of victims is upwards of 30.
2: Oh, yeah, I can. I absolutely can see that. Again, we talk about on the show quite a bit with some of these guys where some over exaggerate Henry Lucas, over exaggerated. Uh, Pee Wee Gaskins, over exaggerated, uh, where I think they especially as you get into Fred's confessions later on, they were so cagey like he was he did not want to talk. This was their true private life. And hmm. they, they viewed it as, essentially, the investigation, they viewed it as a, an invasion of their privacy.
1: Oh,
3: well,
2: God forbid. Yeah, God forbid.
1: Well, like John Wayne Gacy, Fred and Rose eventually ran out of room to bury bodies at 25 Cromwell Street. But unlike Gacy, they almost certainly found another place to bury those bodies at locations that still have yet to be found
2: or they smashed up the bones even harder i also think that they the one thing that was really interesting was in the excavation of the property the bodies were buried extremely deep mm-hmm. yeah. he had lifted cuz he was in construction so he had used construction i guess tools to basically dig a fucking 15 20 foot trench underneath oh. his own home and like so there was a there was a it was layered and right. so they only got what they could get
3: so he's mm-hmm. better than Gacy when it comes to having his home become a morgue. It's also, I mean, I think it really talks more Unlicensed about this. Graveyard. Unlicensed, Unlicensed
1: graveyard. Unlicensed graveyard, yeah. yeah.
2: I think it's more about discipline.
1: Yeah, <laughs> jeez. But as far as Fred and Rose's first victim together went, her name was Linda Goff, and she was a 20-year-old who'd agreed to help babysit after Carolyn left. Now in this, I can't help but wonder why anyone would ever agree to even walk inside the West home more than once. Well,
2: it's because if you listen to all the witness people mm. who talk about it in all the documentaries I watch, it's like, oh, it's a lovely home. <laughs> and people, <laughs> know, you could tell it was a lovely family home. I mean, you don't really
3: expect the home that you're walking into to be a murder shack Not, I mean, with a you sex don't. dungeon. I do.
2: I mean, I'm always looking. I, can't, I, can't. I don't I know. know. My, my eyeballs are fucking
1: peeled, dude. Yeah. Well, to that point, Gloucester is barely a city. Even now, the population is less than 30,000 people. And even in a town five times that size, I'd imagine rumors of what went on with Carolyn Owens would have been enough to make people stay away. Well, it's all they day. All he wanted to do was a bit of a dug tug a bit of a snip snip and he just
2: wanted to rub, and over you the know what I mean, you know what I mean, rub the elbows, this is what he does.
3: And I do have to uh, push back a little bit. I grew up in a town of 23,000, and we had a Walmart, and we had a Target, and we had an Applebee, and we had a Fazoli's. You tell me that's not a fucking city. <laughs> you tell me that's not a city. Not a, you, you tell me that you tell me I didn't grow up in the fucking city. Whoa, look at that accent. Whoa, <laughs> who are you? you? <laughs> Mr. Eighth Avenue. Yes, I grew up at some of the more controversial streets. Controversial streets. Passive aggressive lane. Oh, yes, That's very Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, indeed.
1: But on the other hand. This was a time of deep recession in England, which made it nearly impossible for especially young people to find work. They were desperate. Mm. And even those that found work were sometimes limited to only three days a week as a measure to save on electricity. Therefore, there was a fair amount of desperation and boredom, a sort of fuck it attitude. And that hopelessness that burrowed deep into the souls of the English youth was almost certainly sensed by two predators like Fred and Rose West. Q. Uh.
2: London calling and then around. Wow, so talented. Oh, Hold on, <laughs> let me take, <laughs> let <laughs> me
3: take my underwear off and
2: throw them at you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but it's every time you talk about this, something where it's like it's it's brown buildings. Made out right. of bricks, right? Brown bricks. I remember always remember that first time we went to Manchester where someone in London was like, enjoy the bricks. Um, <laughs> we go there.
3: Well, they're made of human bones. Sure. And, and Edinburgh as well. But
1: why is it always that one song from The Clash? Because it's just—I mean—it's got a good clarion call, and and it sounds good over old footage of people walking quickly through London. You yeah, know? yeah, you, it really you, you does. Play, and you play it really fast, and you have a couple of punks, and they're talking really fast to each other. One of them goes,
2: uh, and then and uh, just, uh, yeah. all right, then you got a guy going, oh, I can't believe it, and then you right. got like a lawyer. He's got the wig on, and the queen comes out there. And she fucking queefs or whatever. Fucking fuck her, man.
3: <laughs> well, there, you really got that dead woman. You you got her again. I just don't know. I
2: can't wait to be in the UK. I can't wait to be over there. (laughs) We're really going to learn again. Boots on
1: the ground. Yeah, don't worry. Here in October, if you're listening right now, we're going to be in a few cities. Get tickets if you haven't got tickets yet. All right. Well, as it was, Fred and Rose were able to ensnare dozens of desperate people, Mm -hmm. some of whom weren't missed by anyone and some who didn't have a person who cared enough to keep searching. Case in point was Linda Goff. Linda disappeared on April 19th, 1973, with the only trace being a vague note left with her mother that said not to worry because she'd gotten a flat and she'd come see her mother sometime in the future. In reality, that note was probably written by Rose West.
2: Rose West really, what I'm kind of also discovering, too, is that within it, Rose West ended up kind of becoming the brains of the operation. Like, Fred West was the muscle... And Uh she kind of directed stuff in a way that I didn't really think about before. Like, she did a lot of these things where she'd be Mm -hmm. like, we've got to cover it up. And she would, like, do notes and, like, do calls, like, fake being the people and shit.
1: Yeah. As we'll get into later, like, Fred West was described by some as Rose's minion, you know, that did her bidding and did it happily. Banana. Banana. Yeah,
3: I remember that deleted scene from The Rise of Gru.
1: Melinda yep. <laughs> well, had actually been taken down to the cellar, and using BDSM magazines as inspiration, Fred and Rose wrapped her head completely in brown packing tape, giving her only a tiny tube to breathe through. It's unknown exactly how she died, but she either expired during the sexual torture or was killed after the Wests were done all because they didn't want to risk another situation like Carolyn Owens.
2: I mm. would imagine that most of them were kept. They were, they were, their heads were covered in tape. That was like their MO, right? And then the, uh, a lot of times, the way Fred West talked about it, he's just like, you be sprawl, it's how easy, it's to, to, to strangle strong. You can get run and then he just, because he said that because his hands were so strong, because yeah. he could move a, he could pull a uh, lug nut off a thing without a spanner. That he was able uh-huh. to do that, that Jeez. it was easy for him I mean, to do it.
3: That's surprising. That's where we breathe from.
0: Ankle, it's like, yeah. pretty Like
3: He didn't like grab her ankle. No, it's like, yeah, that's how you would do that. Wow. These
1: people are gross.
3: Good call. Another good call from Kiss. Really? I'm on a lot of hot. I got a lot of hot takes today.
1: Well, as far as the body went, Fred cut the legs off at the hip and dissected the hands, feet, and knees so he could keep his trophies. The rest was then buried under the garage in a rectangular concrete hole called an inspection pit, used to work underneath cars. Mm. Rose, meanwhile, rifled through Linda's possessions, keeping what she liked and burning the rest. Three weeks later, though, Linda's mother showed up at 25 Cromwell Street looking for her daughter. Incredibly, Rose answered the door wearing Linda's slippers. And several articles of Linda's clothing were hanging from the washing line outside.
2: God. Yeah, she had like one of those like necklaces on that just says Linda, you know, like you
1: get from Macy's. When all this was pointed out to Rose, Rose said, oh yes, Linda had been living there, but she was kicked out for beating the children and she'd left all this behind. This story was taken as truth by Linda's mother, who never reported her as a missing person and never organized any sort of search for her daughter. Good
3: Lord! Yeah, I mean, at least put it. I don't know. I feel like I'd I'd fight a little bit more.
2: I just Mm -hmm. feel like, yeah, I I guess. Or you're just like, yep, sounds like Linda. I get. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yep. Oh man! At first I thought when I found out you wanted to be a nanny, and I was like, all you have to do is hit every child within you, so within four feet of you. So I don't really know why we want to do that.
3: I'd rather be a mini. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Meanwhile, Fred worked at all hours of the night on expanding and customizing the torture dungeon. He made it bigger by digging past the foundations so he could stand without hunching, and he installed a new floor. More importantly, though, he installed strong, sturdy hooks into the wooden beams, which they used to dangle the young women they kidnapped for the sadistic and deadly sexual games.
3: Fucking Hellraiser.
1: Yes. Yeah. But as far as where Fred dismembered these young women, his son, Stephen West, would maintain that his father didn't just use the cellar. There was also a terrifying derelict farmhouse outside of mm. Chelt- Cheltenham. Cheltenham, Cheltenham. Nailed it. I, I, I mean, <laughs> just just know we don't know. I've
2: listened. Our dear, our dear British, whatever your dear British listener, listen. We don't know all of the little towns how they pronounce it. We're trying. We're working hard, and but we, I think it looks like Cheltenham. Ch- Cheltenham. Chelt- 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 Cheltenham.
1: Tell them, you know what? Sure. If America wasn't so famous, I'd like to see those motherfuckers look at Albuquerque and pronounce it correctly.
2: I will say yeah, sure. the truth is, is that every town in Texas is also said different than it is written. Oh, and we're gonna every br- si- oh so we're going to bring up Miami shit. again. We're going to bring the up Miami same, right.
0: same shit.
3: <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> well, there at this farmhouse, Fred could take his time and the remains were transported to and from this farmhouse in fiberglass tanks stolen from Fred's place of work. It's also likely that murders outside of Rose's participation occurred here as well, which would put the number even higher than 30. But the young women killed by Fred and Rose weren't just runaways or hitchhikers, or at least the ones we know of weren't always runaways or hitchhikers. Both Carol Ann Cooper and Lucy Partington, the next two victims. Lucy Partington, by the way, was killed after seven days of torture. Both of them were reported missing by their families, but there was nothing tying them to Fred and Rose. But the only thing that could have brought any suspicion was when Fred showed up at hospital, as the British say, with a cut on his right hand, most likely sustained while dismembering Lucy Partington.
2: Well, because they had a very similar to M.O. that you would say to about Myra Henley and Ian Bradley, where it's like they would drive around and they'd have Rose in the car. And it really never changed. And they'd scoop them up. They would They right. would see somebody on the side of the road because hitchhiking but was very stops, common. Mostly. Yeah. And it was common, especially at this time period. And, and the fact that a lot of people knew each other. And right. again, a having the woman in the car... Made him seem, made Fred West seem a lot more or less dangerous because, sure. yeah, he's saying a bunch of fucked up stuff, but this woman seems to stand it. And now, now, but you don't know that she's the fucking true evil other half of it and mm-hmm. brings you in. So that's kind of where they pick it up. Then it really kind of expands from.
1: Mm hmm. Now eventually, the West realized that their own home was actually the best trap at their disposal when it came to just sex. So they stopped accepting male tenants and only allowed young women and girls in the upstairs apartments. These tenants, however, both male and female, later said they heard a lot of mayhem coming from downstairs, yes. and sometimes they smelled odd odors. But of course, nothing was reported officially or investigated.
2: Yeah, because a lot of times that just sounds like a, a British chef in the kitchen. That
3: could be a little rat tattooy type stuff. I mean, improv troop moved down there. I who mean, knows? think about
2: the people who lived above <laughs> 656. Yeah, well, when, they must have thought. When Murderfest yeah. was actively just destroying that whole place. Oh. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, I can only imagine when we were fucking shooting Tolis Joe in there. How much like yeah, screaming just, did I do? Just
2: screaming and
1: screaming, and absolutely, mashing up the
2: whole kitchen and just oh, like and yeah. screaming all hours of the night and smoking inside and screaming all sorts mm-hmm. of sex noises and fucking. Yeah, I can't even imagine a lot, a lot of different kinds of sounds there and beans. <laughs> Were there beans?
3: I feel like Toles Joe. Wasn't he covered in beans? No, no, it, no it he was uh, shaving cream. It was shaving, shaving cream, cream. but yeah. it was the essence of beans.
2: I mean, that's just he what Marcus the brings. Essence of beans, yeah,
3: yes. I, be, I,
1: I bring a bean flavor.
2: You really do. I, do. I always yes. yeah, because beans <laughs> are always known. For their flavor.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, yo, I love a good
1: bean. You give me some Heinz beans. There's a lot of flavor in some Heinz beans. I'm going to mm. eat so many fucking Heinz beans I when know. I'm in fucking England. I'm going to eat oh, beans God. for breakfast oh, that's every what fucking day. It's this is making so this story good.
3: more yeah. disgusting. This story with the English breakfast backdrop <laughs> yeah. is even more disgusting.
1: <laughs> it's just
2: all the fucking...
3: I the like it because it's soft. Soft <laughs> bacon. <laughs>
2: that's what I do. It's all that. It's the weird like... It's like bacon that has the same texture as spaghetti.
1: Yeah. Hard bacon makes my teeth hurt. Okay. Guys, it's British. supposed to be a little you know, hard. This is all British. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> now, some murder victims were known to the West, but many were picked up from the side of the road. Sometimes once a year, sometimes in clusters. One of these girls was Therese Ziegenthaler from Switzerland, whom Fred nicknamed Tulip because he thought she was Dutch. Therese, <sighs> I does that know. make sense? Anyway? No, I, don't know. I, guess, I don't I don't know. know.
2: I think yeah, we're, we're the going there too. Are... Yeah, apparently they do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Therese was picked up while hitchhiking from London to Wales and was buried in a square grave in the cellar. Again, the Wests were never suspected because Therese's family in Switzerland hadn't even known that she'd left London. Each time, however, Fred and Rose got more extreme. They escalated, as serial killers always do. About seven months after Siegenthaler, Fred and Rose picked up Shirley Hubbard from a bus stop and forced her down into the cellar. There, they wrapped tape around her head 12 times to Mm. create a brown mask that stopped just beneath the eyes. To breathe, they ran a small plastic tube three inches into her nasal cavity and extended the tube a foot outside of the mask to make it as hard as possible to breathe. Tube was only about an eighth of an inch in diameter. And again, they're
2: not, what's weird is I can almost see it in there. I mean, what's weird? Jesus Christ. But you know, like Fred West in his way, he's like, so she can breathe. And to mm-hmm. me on, like, it's probably what killed her. Oh, no. Right. They're do-
1: no, they are doing that specifically to make breathing as hard as possible. They're not yeah. doing it to as a favor. They're they're doing it because they know it's going to be difficult. And it's they're taking it to the absolute edge of how can we torture her the most while still keeping her alive. Right. But after she died of presumably asphyxiation, Fred cut off her head with the mask still on and the tube still attached. He cut off, he beheaded every single person he killed. Ugh. Her body was then buried in the part of the cellar adorned with pictures of Marilyn Monroe. Oh, Again, God. she was reported missing, but no leads were found. This is why it's weird to be famous.
3: <laughs> you know, you never. It's like when your song is used by a fascist or like. Marilyn Monroe didn't take those pictures, being like, why? Well, I hope I'm in
2: a cellar. No, or no, she didn't. No, <laughs> so no, 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 she God. was like, I really. Oh, it's artistic. I hope people respect my work. It's just mm-hmm. always like, especially, it's like uh. someone like highly innocuous to use a UK reference. It's like the chef, like Jamie Oliver. Like, if right. you know who that is, it's like somebody yeah. that you have somebody in the background. We're like, we love, we absolutely right. love him in this house. And he's <laughs> right. Oh, Jamie, some of your healthy meals have really helped us keep our energy up for all the
3: time. Absolutely. And he's helped, uh, Jamie Oliver helps a lot of kids as well.
1: Yeah. Kudos to him for that. Yeah, Yeah, school lunches. But while many young girls were taken from the side of the road, Fred and Rose would occasionally take a tenant. Juanita Mott had been living as a tenant at 25 Cromwell Street for about two years, partly because the rates were always cheap at the West Home. I wonder why. I don't know. (laughs) Wow, what a stunner. Most rooms rented for only seven pounds a week, as advertised in the local newspaper, the Gloucester Citizen. Most tenants, however, came by word of mouth, and Juanita had actually visited the house a few times before moving in. She disappeared down into the cellar on April 12, 1974, hung from a seven-foot noose, suspended around the ceiling beams, while tied up in complicated bondage knots. She was likely killed by a blow to the back of the head with a ball-peen hammer, and her body was buried in the cellar between the staircase and the second alcove. And here
2: comes that also Jesus weird, the what? weird thing that Fred West kind of also threads throughout his confessions, which like, you know, like, well, she asked for it. She asked for it. She wanted to die. No, she I know don't know think that. she did. I mean, like, no, that yeah. she wanted to die, right? Like, oh, I, I see. Because she was being tortured yes, so much. And so that is like what, and they were like, yeah, probably, but you started the process. Yeah.
1: Well, Fred West's whole thing was that he never set out to kill anyone. No, so and everything
2: was like, it's an like extreme pleasure got out of control.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And then he just, and it just accidentally happened. He said, whoa, whoa, yeah. Someone's like, why did you murder these girls? He's like, whoa, whoa, you're making it sound like I went out to murder someone.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I dined in. Oh my. (laughs) It was DiGiorno.
1: Right. Now, it was a risky move to kill a tenant, but Juanita's family never reported her disappearance. Had they done so, it would have given police ample reason to investigate because Juanita's legal address was 25 Cromwell Street. Otherwise, the only reasons police had to investigate the house was for Fred's constant petty thefts or the parties thrown by tenants in which copious amounts of British weed was smoked. Can, hey, can, hey, Marcus,
2: it's pronounced "weed." All right, British, <laughs> weed. It's British weed.
3: Man, that must have been some swaggy swag. Oh yeah, Ooh,
1: Ooh, the yeah. It schwag. literally
2: must have been just clumps of dirt. Yeah, I think so.
1: <laughs> but. These parties, this was actually the most likely reason why tenants kept coming. Because Fred and Rose knew, just like other serial killers like Dean Corll knew, that a party house is the perfect trap for young folk. Do not go to the party house that is owned by... By older people. Do not go to the party house that's owned by people in their 20s, oh, that's owned yeah. by people in their 30s. Definitely not owned by people in their 40s. I'm telling you kids this as a PSA. Do not go to the party house owned by the older person. Do not, do go. not go. Do not go. go. you
2: go. There should only be children in that house. And you should, at the end of it, probably be close to setting it on fire. There should be nobody <laughs> there taking care of it if you are partying in it as a child.
1: Right. Case in point. Fred and Rose began targeting a children's home for delinquent and expelled kids called Jordan's Brookhouse that was located nearby. Fred and Rose started grooming residents, inviting them over for tea and biscuits. They also made sure to tell the kids to tell their friends about how nice Fred and Rose were.
2: I just feel like if I've got these two fucking evil, they're gross looking, they're gross. I know he's like vaguely charming. They keep saying that he's vaguely charming, but still, I like, don't know. just the idea of these two weird older people being like, you go tell your friends. You tell your friends. Yeah, we, we're nice. We're fun. We're yeah, that's nice, why. Right? We're that's fun. why we're they cool.
3: preyed on people who needed. They probably liked the attention from the adults, and they needed some comfort. Oh, of course. Yeah. And who doesn't want a tea and a biscuit?
2: <laughs> I'm fine with
3: that. <laughs> oh yeah. Big on
1: the hard tea biscuit. No, I just love biscuits. Yeah, and the British biscuits and American biscuits. Those are I all biscuits. biscuits. And they also yeah. have cookies. No, though. there's a difference between cookies and biscuits. Yes. I'm yeah, saying, there is. There, they, is
2: they, they there is. They interchange a them sometimes, biscuits, though. No, sometimes no, no.
3: They'll, yeah, well, many times I've been offered a biscuit and it was a cookie. When you think <laughs> that it's a cookie, it seems like a cookie, but it's a biscuit.
2: A biscuit's a hard bite, it's got a snap to it. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, eventually, Fred and Rose snared a 15 year old girl known only as Miss A who ran away from Jordan's Brookhouse and moved into 25 Cromwell Street in the summer of 1976. And here we've got another mercifully brief gold star. Once she was moved in, Miss A was involved in a horrific orgy involving two of the West children, who reportedly sucked on Rose's hair while Rose again laughed maniacally throughout.
2: That sounds like the stories that the witches told, right, and the the afflicted told of the activity that they would see. Like, that kind of maniacal, like many people all laughing and, and and conforming with the devil. like.
1: So now I you're ha- pro-Salem Witch trial. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, Rose... it sounds like you're coming on the side of the afflicted. Like it's that it a, whole very satanic interesting. Panic. Yeah, it's the wow. satanic panic thing where there's actual real shit that's provable. It's like, you know, this actually sounds a lot <laughs> Dude, like what they're is. saying is happening at M- M- McMartin is oh, oh, the McMartin preschool. Oh, Henry's going
3: full wonky. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's going full <laughs> but, no, but You know what I mean?
2: Where it's like that idea of Rose West having that sort of like, she just sounds like a modern day version of a child story witch, where she's truly she really a monster. Yeah, she's just always like filled with this like maniacal joy, whatever it is yeah. that she's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean and that is a one in a billion person, Rose West. Like yeah. it is not. That is not by any I means. I mean, we're not trying to romance her person. here. <laughs> You're one in a billion, Rose. They broke the mold when they made you
0: Rose. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my. Well, concerning Rose. One of the most shocking facts about the Fred and Rose West saga is that the West children actually remembered Fred West more fondly. Because in their words, he wasn't as insanely violent as their mother, nor as unpredictable. That's how they described Rose West, insanely violent. Yeah, and Fred was the stable one.
3: That's probably not good for a relationship.
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier, Stephen West said on the podcast series based on Howard Soons' book that Rose was actually the instigator, particularly in the realm of torture. Fred West was more of, again, a minion than a driving force. Now, Miss A was actually allowed to leave 25 Cromwell after this nightmare. And reportedly, Miss A returned six weeks later with a full can of gasoline with the full intent of burning the house down. Oh. But when she showed up, she thought better and returned to the children's home, only to later testify against Rose West. Oh, man. She, I, I, this rare time where I
3: say she should have committed an, an act of arson. No. It's a rare moment. I think more things could be set on fire. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, in this case, set the whole damn thing on fire.
1: Well, it might be tempting to say burn it down, but Miss A probably decided against burning down the house because she would have taken far more people than just Fred and Rose West.
2: Yeah, they're all, all everything's right on top of each other. Right. There's
1: seven w- young women living in the rooms in the top two floors uh, that were completely cut off from the West. And well, at Just this give my heads up. Just be like, about to burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to exit.
2: Um, I couldn't help but notice you're putting a bunch of. Gasoline on my apartment? Down. Oh, You're just going to want to get okay, out of here. Good. Thank you for the warning, no then. No problem.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, there's five or six children living in the West apartment uh, itself. You know, there's okay. going to be a lot of people taking along. Now, few people stayed at the West house for any period of time, but at least once, a tenant would not only settle into the lifestyle, but would engage in a relationship with Fred and Rose at her own peril. In this case, we have a young woman named Shirley Robinson. Shirley Robinson was a sex worker known to Rose, and she ended up in a throuple at 25 Cromwell with... Fred and Rose. not, a thruple. I don't not know. a thruple. It's not a thruple. This is how...
2: He's saying thruple, because now thruple's cute.
1: Yeah, thruple. Mm. You know, like thruple's
2: yeah. all like, Meh, well... You know, it's all like it's TikTok people having sex with their... Letting their wife have sex, and then you have to act like it's fun. And every mm. high-five each other, you know? I don't mm-hmm.
3: know. A thruple sounds like it would be fun if you have, like... Ooh, ooh, what do you call those grasshoppers?
2: Taika grasshopper? Waititi. and the other woman that he's with, and he has another supermodel. That's a thruple.
3: Oh, I was thinking grasshoppers. Remember the grasshopper, the, the candy with the uh, chocolate and the peanuts and the caramel? The
2: Again, this is all about him not having had food before mm. the show.
1: <laughs> I mean, throuples, yeah, throuples are fine if you want to be in a throuple. I mean, I've never seen a throuple in which one person didn't eventually get kicked out and they their fucking heartbroken into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. But if you want to try the throuple, <laughs> go right on ahead. I'm just saying the Wes and somebody mm-hmm. else is like, it's just, uh, uh.
2: it's not like the bitch in apartment 4B or whatever that apartment is, you know, that, uh-huh. that Joe was, you remember? Yeah.
1: I mean, by accounts, this was a consensual relationship. I mean, Shirley Robinson was in it with the West. Eventually, both Shirley and Rose got pregnant at the same time, both by clients, and Rose hoped she and Shirley would raise these illegitimate children together. But strangely, during this pregnancy in particular, Rose refused to ever wear underwear. She'd often be seen sitting on the back steps of her house with her legs wide open Aaron out her crotch
0: Oh
3: my goodness
1: However things soon went south With Shirley Robinson for reasons unknown
2: I don't know wow what could yeah, have I don't happened? Know. We
3: can like infer some of the reasons
1: Perhaps I mean it's speculated that Rose grew jealous Or she just got tired of the situation Who knows Either way after Rose gave birth to her child, a girl named Tara, she and Fred decided that Shirley no longer needed to be around. She was due to give birth in June of 1978, but after seeing her doctor in May, Shirley was murdered by the Wests, eight months pregnant, most likely by simple strangulation rather than extended torture. With this one, though, it is suspected that Rose committed the murder and disposed of the body herself because Mm -hmm. the dismemberment was far messier than any of the others. From what I can tell, it seems like Fred told her, you made the mess, you clean it up. Well, you in know his, how
3: couples fight like that, like oh, yeah. that Everybody Love Raymond episode where it's not about the suitcase.
2: Okay. Never, it never <laughs> is. Like, come on. It never is. Wow. Uh, in his uh, little autobiography that he wrote in jail, one thing that he does is he's obsessed. He doesn't say anything about any murder or none yeah. of the crimes, but he talks about the loves of his life and mm-hmm. the ones he wished that he could be with forever. And one was Shirley. And so oh. there is a little bit of that. Of, you know, so Rose was jealous? Yeah, he, he was just like, that was, she was one. She yeah. was one if I could write a thousand poems, I'd write at least one about <laughs> Yeah. And one I'd write about crisps, uh-huh. and another I'd write about tape, tape and, and another crisps. I'd write about concrete. Yeah, kind of write about what That's you know, wrong. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm saying.
3: Yeah, anything else? Mm, rape. Okay.
2: <laughs> I hate that poem. No one likes it. No so one, one does like up. it, no.
3: Fred, no.
1: See, instead of carefully carving away the flesh and disarticulating the limbs, the thighs were hacked off with a heavy axe by nine blows before the bone finally broke, which is a far cry from the meticulous work that had been done on most of the bodies. Trophies, however, were still taken. Although Mm. this time, Fred and or Rose also scalped the hair. Either before or after decapitation. Where
2: yeah. did they put all this shit? Uh, we're not no, shit. Where did
3: they put
1: knows?
2: these human parts? Don't know. Nobody Where? fucking no knows. It must oh. have been out in the farm. I think that they just went out to that farm area. There's Maybe no way I, I feel somewhere. like that's where they had it there because Fred West brings up that place again and again and again mm-hmm. and I feel like they went there a lot or he did I think he, he went to go read because he was out was, in a
3: room full of severed bones and he, skin and
2: just was very romantically obsessed with these ideas because he also talks about in the confessions and he's like i close my eyes and the ghosts they come to me they come and ask me when we gonna see you Fred. When we're going to see you. And so he's like, he goes and he says that he, he speaks to all the ghosts. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. okay. Like maniac. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the fact that the scalping was the only time that this was ever done to any of the corpses. I think it points towards Rose doing it because yeah. I think it seems like that's Rose's thing. Because Rose is also like, it cannot be stressed enough that Rose was also a serial killer. She's also experimenting. She's doing the same shit that every other serial killer does. Yep. Right. But concerning the eight-month-old baby, it was dismembered as well, and Fred again took trophies. Didn't matter who it was. With Fred killed, if there was a dead body around, Fred's taking the fingers, and Fred's taking the toes. Okay. But after this murder, arguably the most distasteful, the magic of the act sort of lost its edge for a little while. Yep. Instead, Rose focused on sex work, putting ads in magazines saying shit like this.
2: Sexy housewife needs it deep and hard from V.W.A., very well-endowed male, while husband watches.
3: Oh, man, I'm just
1: not that well-endowed. I, I bet she'd take you. Okay. Yeah. Well, to her clients in the mum and dad's room, Fred installed Ugh. a doorbell. <laughs> for, yeah, Mum and dad's room is always
2: off. It just, it just, it just also, I don't like, like it. it. It's just, again, they're, you know, they're bad. Uh, yeah, they're bad. They're bad. They
3: they're are bad. bad. They are just
2: yeah. bad.
1: Yep, Fred installed a doorbell for Rose's clients labeled Mandy, which was Rose's professional name. Hmm. When it rang, Rose dropped everything to attend to the client, sometimes leaving food burning on the stove. Fred and Rose also had another child, number six, mostly because Fred said that quote-unquote potting Rose helped her from getting topsy
2: body and Rose helped her from getting tops. He too. literally filled her with child because the we are watching the inner mechanism of the murder group fall apart. i We are seeing him look at Rose. And I think after she scalped a corpse, yeah, he's like, Oh shit, Rose is getting a little out of hand. This mm-hmm. is, this is the breaking go, point she is starting. it's starting to to s- separate. Where I think that, he, especially where she, because she's puts the driving force on, I want to get back into hardcore and hardcore in the sex work, mm. because again, insinuating you're not enough, mm-hmm. and what do we do with people that don't start to fit in with our lifestyle? After yeah. a while, it's just we a strange, fucking kill them and we dismember them and we put them in the backyard. It's a strange ad for a local
3: paper. I'm sure there's mostly editorials about jaywalking and how it has to be banned. And then all of a sudden, Rose West is just like, I'll take it deep and hard.
2: I actually <laughs> feel like it was way more, um, I think it was way more DIY.
1: You th- what do you mean DIY? Like it's they like, put, they tacked up fires on fucking telephone posts?
2: I, it does kind of feel like it's got a sort of like feel... Maybe I'm wrong. Side stories l p o t l at gmail.com If you know anything about this time period and, and sex work at the time, but it feel like it was a little bit more accepted, and it was way more people going into people's homes, like it was like that. We're like, well, that's what I want to do. It's a nice home. Well, sure, it's a lovely home. I don't, I, I don't think I don't.
1: that that sex work was super accepted in small town England in the nineteen seven late nineteen seventies. All they're doing is fucking each other's ants. <laughs> well, they do enjoy that. Obviously, it's a matriarch. Well, I imagine the ad was probably it was probably in like a Flesh World type of yeah. magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But this time of relative peace was disturbed when Bill Letts, Rose's father, died of mesothelioma. Whoa! He
3: said whoa! whoa he you it! at Camp Lejeune? He said it. <laughs> no if mesothelioma
1: been in or around Camp Lejeune. Please call. Get out
0: call. of there.
1: Go, <laughs> You might have
3: mesothelioma.
1: <laughs> wow. A few months later, as it often goes with serial killers in a stressful life event, mm. Fred and Rose returned to murder, albeit for the last known time with a sexual motive. The victim this time was another girl lured from Jordan's Brook House named Allison Chambers. She again worked briefly as a nanny before being killed, dismembered, and buried in the garden. Now, she was reported missing, but because she wrote her mother a letter saying she was off to live with a family to look after their children, She failed to name the Wests, so the police determined that Allison Chambers was most likely fine, just unreachable.
3: She's fine. She's fine. See how easy that is to be a detective? She's fine. All right,
2: right. well, she's got feet. She ran away. All right, get away from me. Hold my stick. Absolutely. Look at the hat. I'm a cop. Can
3: we please go get a meat pie now?
1: Now, by 1980, there were six kids living at 25 Cromwell, and a new baby replaced Anna Marie after she finally left at the age of 15 due to years of abuse. And by the way, if you're curious, again, those years of abuse are detailed to an insane degree in the book Fred and Rose. But when Anna Marie left... Heather, Rose's first child, she became the eldest in the house, and she began to bear the brunt of both Rose's beatings and Fred's sexual abuse, something that Fred called a father's right.
2: You know, he, he uh, yes, because he learned that again directly from his father. Yeah. Um, we know that oh, he was right, sleeping yeah. with his own mother. We know that he probably impregnated his 13-year-old sister. Oh um, he's viewed this again.
1: That's just country living.
3: It's really not. It's really not.
1: But he brought it to the city. Look at that. And concerning that so-called right, I mean, one of the kids that were fathered by a customer of Rose's, one of the Kitara Tara, that was not Fred's daughter, she said that Fred only abused his natural children because he looked at them as his property. As such, in one case, when Anna Marie briefly visited with a boyfriend, he heard a protracted 20-minute screaming fit in the middle of the night, which Fred and Rose explained away as Heather having a nightmare of course, it's just them torturing Heather down in the cellar. Oh, yes. Mm. Now, soon after, Anna Marie was unfortunately forced to move back into 25 Cromwell, although she made her boyfriend promise that he would never leave her alone with her parents. And I'd
2: be the boyfriend being like, do I really got to get in the middle of all this fucking shit? <laughs> like, I mean, you mean, you move just, to Hollywood or something. <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here.
3: You don't just date uh, the person you date you their, their family, family to. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, Anna Marie moved back in to help raise another child, Rosemary Jr., who'd again been born as a consequence of Rose's sex work. A year later, another sex work baby was born. Number three out of eight, I think. I think it was the third one in a row. And after that, Rose got even more violent even more frequently.
2: How do you do so much after being pregnant for a decade? She likes it. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. People just like it.
1: Yeah. It's a lifestyle.
2: Yeah, it is. It is a lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She punched her children, stabbed them with knives, slammed their fingers in doors, choked them, tied their hands with wire, made them drink mixtures of salt and vinegar, and beat them with the buckle of a belt, and that's for starters. Anna Marie, of course, moved out when she again reached her limit. Meanwhile, as Howard Soons speculates, and we wholeheartedly agree... Fred and Rose were almost undoubtedly abducting and murdering girls throughout the 80s, although there is no proof they did so outside of Fred's talk about the possibility of as many as 30 victims after his capture. Wow. Yeah. There's just nowhere else to bury them at yeah. 25 Cromwell Street.
2: Yeah. They just out, they
1: outsourced it. I think yeah. they
2: went to the farm and they just slowly started to leave them various places. And I think that the dismembering just got way more articulate.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Heather West, the eldest of Fred and Rose's children together, she was trying as hard as she could to escape 25 Cromwell. She begged her sister, Anna Marie, to let her come live at her place. She also applied to work at a summer camp just so she could escape the house for at least a few months. But her sister probably rightfully pegged that Fred and Rose would just come snatch her back if she tried running, and her application at the summer camp was tragically denied. God...
2: God, just one job interview. You gotta, oh, God.
1: Yeah. Soon after, Heather West disappeared like so many girls before and became the last girl killed by Fred and Rose West. Now, for some reason, Fred and Rose had become obsessed with the possibility that their daughter Heather was a lesbian. And some speculate that perhaps it was this obsession that led to Heather West's death. Howard soon speculated that Fred and Rose tried, quote unquote, curing her by tying her up and raping her. And at one point, one of the two of them strangled her to death. Now, Fred did say that he was the one who did it, but it's more likely that it was Rose because Rose's temper was now... Beyond imagination. Mm.
2: Because she'd also go into these games and then truly get jealous of her own husband in the moment and then freak out and kill the person in front of him. And he was, uh, like, again, he's just all wrapped up in it and looking at her, knowing that at some point it's going to come down to me and you.
1: Yeah, it
2: might. It might.
1: Maybe. Another clue as to which one did it is in the dismemberment. Like the body of Shirley Robinson, the corpse of Heather West was hacked to pieces in a manner that we could call inexpert. This again suggests that Rose both committed the murder and dismembered the body. But before the corpse was buried, it was left in black garbage bags under the stairs until they could figure out a place to bury her at home. And this does actually point towards the possibility that maybe Fred and Rose did take an extended break in the 80s, because otherwise she would have been just buried along with all the others.
2: Unless the new spot was also full.
1: Maybe. It also might have been that since Heather West was their own child, they might have buried her close by in a sort of perverted extension of the possession Fred felt towards his children.
2: That's exactly what Mm. I think that happened. Because Fred West, will talk about later on, that he would say that they would, after burying her, he would come out and he said he was obsessed with this idea. He'd go, Heather, wake up. Heather, come to your father. Like, he would go and sque- yell at the right. grave and say, like, wake up. Which is, you know, I, um, I, wish I don't you think he did it. I be... don't think he did that necessarily, but I no. think that he, That's, that is that. Because then he'd use her as an example to the rest of the children. Could have been cool if she woke up, though, and then killed him from the grave. I mean, yeah, it yeah. would be yeah. a great movie.
1: Yeah, it would be cool. And when the rest of the children came home from school to find Heather missing, they were flatly told that Heather had gotten the job at the summer camp after all. No. Fred then asked Stephen to help him dig a hole in the garden for a new fish pond, which was, unbeknownst to Stephen, his sister's grave. Mm. The hole was then paved over with pink and yellow square slabs, and a patio was built over Heather West's buried body. Now, after Heather's murder, Fred West decided to move his younger children into the cellar permanently. Oh, oh no, yeah. that's not good covering the floors with linoleum to permanently entomb the five young women buried beneath the house. And eventually, the West kids would cover the walls of the cellar in childish graffiti, bizarre murals of cowboys, and yeah. crudely drawn cartoon hearts, all scrawled on the remaining white stucco that hadn't mm. crumbled off the exposed brick.
2: That's what I was talking about, with the idea of, like, the Buzz and Woody drawn on it, because as you look at the, the police pictures afterwards, I feel like that is... the I mean, obviously, it's all deeply disturbing, but that was one of the things that's the worst because it does look like right. a basement at a child's daycare because mm-hmm. it's all painted up with kids' Ugh. drawings
1: and shit. I mean, it doesn't look like a child. How many, ch- no child daycare looks like that. No, it's of course. So you've
2: never been to, I had this guy in this great, this guy yeah. in our neighborhood named Danny. I used to go down there every, like, for six weeks at right. a time. And I'd go down to the basement and he'd chain me up. So he said you're yeah. trying to make me taller.
3: I think you're trauma-dumping. <laughs> um, yeah, no, lot, lot no.
2: We'll talk about um, that. But the thing is that I would yeah. make him laugh so hard he'd let me go. Isn't that <laughs> but fantastic? But then I'd always go back because, again, I've got to get that laugh.
3: Yeah, put the yeah. butter in the sourdough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, I'm sure Fred and Rose got a kick of just how evil this move was. But the practical reason was to just get the kids out of the way. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, see, Fred and Rose wanted to transform the entire upstairs area into a brothel, while the lower section where the kids lived in the former torture and kill cellar was sectioned off with an iron gate to keep the kids isolated and held captive when they weren't at school. Now, for the next five years, it's unknown how many young women Fred and Rose killed, if any. Seeing as how they'd converted their torture and kill room into holding cells for their six remaining children. Really, all that's known is that Fred would threaten the kids often and loudly that they would be killed and buried under the porch like Heather if they didn't behave.
2: Yeah, what's it? One wow. over and two to the left. he would go and he'd look at the panels on the ground, and that's where they would say that she was buried in the backyard. You oh. know I mean, what's kind of funny is that my mom used to say that she was just like, you know, like, I'll get rid of you and I'll make another one just like you. Uh, I don't you know. Like, well, but no, your mother fine. wouldn't want to. Why would she want to make one just
3: like you if she wanted to get rid of you in the first place? I think it was the more thing. saying
2: that no one would miss me. Ah. But again, it was a funny bit at the time. It I is mean, funny.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny, but. How many row. little Polish redheaded squealing boys were there running around Queen? Yeah, at the time? there's not really that many of them. I
2: killed each one because honestly, I didn't need the competition. No, you didn't. <laughs> that was me yeah. showing them survival of I'm the fattest. In, I'm in charge yeah.
1: of this ginger yard. Right, absolutely. <laughs> All right.
2: I'm the big fish. <laughs> uh, indeed.
3: No doubt about that.
1: But while we don't know if they murdered anyone in those five years, they certainly never stopped abusing young girls. And in 1992, one of the girls that Fred and Rose had groomed and raped talked to a friend about what she'd suffered. Thankfully, the person assigned to the case was Detective Hazel Savage. Ooh.
2: This is, again, with last podcast, a lot of times we try to be pretty honest about how cops do their jobs and how they don't do their jobs. But this detective actually dug in. Hazel yeah. Savage.
1: Actually did her job. Nice. Now, Detective was, yeah, isn't that great how yeah, we have nice. to di- differentiate and have to say, I mean, like, wow, there was a cop that did their job. <laughs> Holy shit,
2: dude. Well, because the story literally already has yeah. several decades of police not doing anything.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing here. It's a real Jodie Foster situation, Silence of the Lambs. <sighs> yeah. But, uh, she was a, you know, a woman. The, she, who, yeah,
2: yeah, she got into it. I just yeah. remember her climbing the rope
3: yes, yeah. indeed, that was the beginning of the movie, yep, yeah
2: right from your grave. hey, what's up, everyone?
3: How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's me,
3: man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet <laughs> last podcast of the last, vape. So go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have Sativa, we have Indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful.
1: Super
2: tasty, live resin. You really get the delicious, weedy taste, which is what I like. And yes. three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Thank you all
3: so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see on the road and get that vape put it in your brain and have a good time
2: and if you want us at your favorite weed store give them a call and ask for them by name Absolutely. last podcast on the left it's weed hail yourselves everyone hail satan this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. help it says here i have to talk about something i need to get off my chest and i guess i can share it here i eat mayonnaise for fun it's a hobby of mine and it's an addiction It's a daily weight on my life, how much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pod today. To get 10% off your first month.
1: That's better help. dot com slash last pod. Hey, did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's gonna thrive and it's gonna look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house.
2: Do you love saving money? Oh, my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it, and it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds. For less money and less hassle, try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-A-F-T to get 50% off your first month.
1: Now, Detective Savage was one of the first women to become a detective in England, and she was highly regarded by damn near everyone as a super cop. Additionally, she'd already had a brief run in with Fred West way back in 1966 when Fred's first wife, Rena, had run back to Scotland after a string of petty thefts in England. Detective Savage was the person who'd found and arrested Rena. But Rena soon told Savage all about Fred West's violent tendencies and sexual deviancies to the extent that Detective Savage remembered it nearly 30 years later sure enough, when Savage looked into Fred's criminal history, she found the 1973 assault that we talked about at the beginning of this episode. And so, after serving a search warrant for 25 Cromwell Street for child abuse and pornography possession, in which a vast collection of pornography, both homemade and professional, plus a treasure trove of sex toys, was confiscated, Fred and Rose were arrested for the rape of the girl who'd reported them. This was... 21 years 21 after their first years. arrest there was 21 wow. years between their first arrest and their second arrest for some reason i feel like they were really
3: offended when they took the pornography because he was just like i read easy rider for the articles yeah they are yeah,
2: that's it <laughs> no, he,
1: easy Rider's is not a pornographic magazine easy rider no you're thinking more like uh, nugget i mean hustler nugget yeah no, easy rider, nugget, Club easy rider
2: the,
3: it was the gals and the bikes Easy Rider. Yeah, but they they weren't naked, though.
2: Nugget is where you see an old woman just sitting on a toilet. I (laughs) I know, but but Easy Rider
3: (laughs) was definitely
1: pornographic. They weren't dressed like Secretary of State. No. They were just... It it was definitely
3: pornographic.
1: How many issues of Easy Rider have you read, Ben? Because I've read two. Wow. He just pulled your pornography card. I don't know. He just went up to you and you. I don't know.
2: I love to see the showdown of old vintage pornography and two men who it makes hard.
1: Yeah. Uh, I actually have started quite the nice little penthouse collection that I started at, what's the place in Pittsburgh? Edie's? Edie's it's yeah. a great Edies. time to admit that. Yeah.
2: It's, per- it's perfect time. So if you are here, send yeah. your vintage pornography Absolutely. to PO Box four seven zero North Hollywood California nine one six zero
1: Great unused pornography. I will Thank only you. take it in how mint are you or near no, mint he collection. He won't near know. Mint you know He's not gonna know. You know how he knows? Taste test. <laughs>
3: yeah, I looked every page. <laughs> this one's particularly gross. Give it the old
2: sniff test. Sniff, sniff. Oh, God, open up that yeah, holly
1: bag. Yeah. Give it a give sniff Give it sniff. a portion. I don't
2: also, want to know what's a portion. And the next thing I know, is it wrong for me to be wanting to have sex with my wife? And they say, well, it's not. It's fine for you want to have sex with the wife, but now you're banned from the Tesco.
1: Okay. The 70s penthouses are fantastic. But me, meanwhile,
2: it's not the hill to die on, Marcus.
1: <laughs> it's not a hill to die on. I have a, I have a fucking penthouse <laughs> that's got an interview with John Hinckley. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a hill to masturbate on. <sighs> <sighs> Meanwhile, Detective Savage had a hunch that there was far more going on at 25 Cromwell Street outside of the rape of one girl. So starting with Anna Marie, Savage began interviewing everyone who had any sort of contact with Fred and Rose West. Now, of course, Anna Marie talked about everything that was done to her, but she also mentioned her half sister Charmaine and her mother Rena, both of whom had been missing for decades. Mm. This is 1992. They've been missing since the late 60s. Wow. Anna Marie's boyfriend added that Heather would probably know more than anyone, but no one had seen Heather. In five years. Yeah, and,
2: and, uh, but meanwhile, every other police Uh-oh. officer is like, everybody runs away. It seems like it, yeah. <laughs> everybody just excuses. runs. You'll be, you be surprised how many 15-year-old girls are absolute experts at hiding their personality. Right. And, and being and, and fading away as ghosts in the mist. No trace.
1: No, yeah. indeed. There's a lot of parallel between this story and the Dean Cole story. Oh, you know, very, it's,
2: that, it's very, very similar.
1: Yeah, there's a the party house angle. There's you know the fact Less that you know, the kids are kids are very transient in these days. So it's like ah, they'll turn up eventually. Not putting in any effort, and then boom, all of a sudden, thirty five kids are missing.
2: And actually, wow. Kissel. There is quite a bit of candy. Is there candy? Because I was reading through it. they Fred West did have a notorious sweet tooth. Oh. And that was like how they ate. They would eat like children. They would oh. eat like candy and, 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 and whatever it was garbage. But they, yeah, he loved his candy. Oh, Lucky Charms for
1: dinner. And so Savage looked into a possible paper trail for Heather West and noticed Mm -hmm. that there had been no income or tax records since she, quote-unquote, left home and no records of state or health benefits, all of which was nearly impossible if she was still alive. Now, Rose's story was that she gave Heather 600 pounds to leave home because she didn't want her daughter's, quote-unquote, lesbian ways influencing her other children, but without hard evidence... Rose was only charged with child abuse. Mm. She was granted bail, while Fred, who was also charged with child abuse, he remained in prison. Rose subsequently attempted suicide by pill overdose. But after Steven saved her, she got a job as a janitor, continued doing sex work, and filled her days watching Snow White, Looney Tunes, or the Robin Williams movie, Hook, over and over again. Now that's a good plug for Hook. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's an again as there an artist, you, are, you just Peter. never know who's watching also your work. Imagine all the
2: lost boys. Like that's kind of kind of be fun. Yeah, the, you all you do is kill little. You kill children. I mean, right? you're not
3: supposed to empathize with Hook. Captain I mean, Hook's bad, I but I think she really liked him. I feel but like he's a was complex
1: no, man. He's not. But that there were no complex. little girls in Hook, though. It was all lost boys. Yeah. No, there was a well. Uh, there was one no, little there was girl. But that she was only in the beginning and the end, and then Julia Roberts.
2: But how those boys make Cinderella. more
1: boys. It's a mystery.
2: No. They reproduce
1: asexually through potting. Is that you know?
2: real? I mean, yeah. we, wow. we just
3: don't know, do we? I guess yeah. lost
2: boys lay eggs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they might. Or is it yeah. all just a collection of boys from other timelines? I think
1: they're all dead. I think they molt. And then when they shed their skin, that becomes a new lost boy. There's side no stories.
2: way that they're actually it, alive. Side stories, L-P-O-T-L, gmail.com. Do the Lost Boys have a reproductive system? And I want to know, and I don't want to hear any of your filthy pornography. I want to hear it from no. scientists.
3: Well, yeah. absolutely. But I think they're all already corpses, and that's why they can imagine food, and it appears.
1: Hmm. Hmm. You think that's a superpower power corpses have? Well, well, well he's just I saying mean, that they're in
2: heaven, and they were up with are whole in li- there now. <laughs> they're in limbo.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, the Gloucester police were content with simply charging Fred and Rose West with child abuse, despite the many disappearances surrounding them. And indeed, the witness in the child abuse case dropped out at the last second once again, meaning both Fred and Rose were allowed to go home. But both social services and Detective Savage knew that there was far more to discover at 25 Cromwell, especially when the West children told them about Fred's frequent threats about the patio.
2: This is true. Yeah. This is completely true. What, How it began, how the whole thing started falling apart was that the kids were playing on the street. Mm -hmm. And one of them, I guess, truly understanding that maybe if all the other brothers and sisters are missing and more continue to go missing and mom and dad are obviously a bit chaotic, to say the least, that maybe this attention might turn to them. At one point, they saw a Bobby on the street, and they went up to him and said, hey, what if our sister hasn't been around for a long time and our parents keep saying they buried her in the backyard? Oh, this that's completely not real. <laughs> yeah. And the cops were like, well, it sounds like a bit of a concern. Man. That that's is a, a bit of bad. a concern. But that fed in to, and so they were already, now there, but, it took literally finally one of the children being Jeez. like, so, we think we might be next. And they still were like, well, you run home now. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go. And you're like, oh,
3: right. Yeah.
2: I got to go home.
3: You would think the <laughs> detectives would want
1: to solve this case. It would be. Ex- now you
2: know, we're starting to get some heat. Come on.
1: Well, it's starting to get heat. But that's the thing is that it's a, still a risk and it still costs money because one, it's on the word of a child, you know, and you never know. And so, just before Detective Savage retired, she put everything she had into pushing a full search warrant to dig up the grounds at 25 Cromwell, much to the resistance of the Gloucester police. Jeez. See, they were mostly concerned about the cost of digging up the patio, because if they were wrong... They'd have to compensate the West. They'd have We've to, got to replace it. You got to replace
3: that patio. That's oh, at least yeah. fi- that's fifty to seventy-five pounds and a couple of cans of beans. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: very difficult. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, you have to bring in. That's a whole months of work. Right? Or we could solve this like
3: dove with eight murders. We could it was like you know, but uh, whatever. It would be so expensive though if it was like also linoleum. Yeah, Ooh, oh, that's going for these days. <laughs>
1: And Fred and Rose West, they believed they'd once again skirted justice, even though their five youngest children were thankfully taken far away from the West home permanently after their arrest. Now, as a result, Fred and Rose disgustingly tried starting another family after reversing Rose's tube time procedure that Rose got after the birth of Luciana 10 years before in 1983. Oh. But in early 1994, one of the West children got much more talkative about what happened at 25 Cromwell, and that gave Detective Savage that last little bit of leverage she needed to dig up the patio. Indeed, even the Gloucester police admit that this would have never happened had it not been for Detective Savage's persistence. Damn. You wow. take her out of the picture, never would have gotten caught.
2: Just wow. there. Just there until, I mean, you know. Oh you my wanna, it's God. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean.
1: I mean until someone until a young girl ran screaming out of their home. They were with, would not a, have been with shackles
2: on and a picture of her next to Fred West with a newspaper in the background that says <laughs> this was the day that it did it and the headline says Fred West is guilty of rape. That's when you get it.
1: Now when police took custody of Fred West while they dug up the patio. They told him that they were investigating the disappearance of his daughter, Heather, to which Fred replied, entirely unprompted, that he definitely didn't murder her. I definitely didn't murder her. Weird that you would bring that up. No, you brought it up. No,
2: you brought it up. You brought up how many murders I've done. I've done 12 of them, but I haven't, though, at the same time. (laughs) Oh, okay, fantastic. I've just thought about it a lot and have planned it and have done it. Great, so you murdered 12 people? You said it, but uh, false allegations.
1: But Rose, meanwhile, got aggressive in the box, shouting and swearing, taking the who-gives-a-shit approach by saying that hundreds of thousands of kids go flipping Missing Evie every year, so why should they hassle her about Heather? Yep. Mm. But even before Heather's body was found, Fred decided that there was no use in prolonging the inevitable. At 5 p.m. on the second day of digging, Fred told police that they were digging in the wrong place. So beginning a long confession in which he took responsibility for everything, in an attempt to save Rose. It's a really interesting
2: documentary I watched called The Unseen Fred West Confessions. That was like, it was only in the BBC and I found it. Mm. Uh, and it's very, very interesting to watch him escalate because it begins with just being like, uh, that's where you get the, the I, I didn't understand. I was, I, was, I was mad with Heather. And mm. you'd be surprised how fast you can strangle someone. Like, you can be surprised. And it's like, he did that like, by talking about how strong his hands are. Yeah, he's just and trying then, to not blame himself. Yeah, of
1: course. And yeah. then slowly but surely, it would get worse mm. and worse. Well, after the confession began, Fred chose an attorney named Howard Ogden, who usually represented thieves and drunks. A sort of Saul Goodman type, who advertised on the radio with this catchphrase.
2: If you've been nicked, call Oggy. <laughs> oh, all right. Fantastic. okay, well, okay, that's okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but he also was the dude that uh, Fred West, because his whole time he's like, oh, I don't believe it if Fred did it. Because oh, if Fred called me, he's like, I don't know why you did it. But wouldn't you know, he did quite a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. At the same time, Rose, in her Q&A, With an hilariously named Officer called Terry Onions (laughs) 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 Very British Yes indeed Uh, She did her level best to pretend like she didn't even know Heather was dead She claimed that she didn't Even know Fred was a murderer Again nonchalantly commenting on the state of affairs By saying she felt Quote like a bit of a cunt For not knowing what was happening in her own house
3: Yeah I go I Don't we all all sometimes Yeah
1: While Fred was confessing and Rose was denying, police found Heather's remains in a slurry of, quote, glutinous black matter. Decomposed flesh and organs mixed with dirt. They'd also found someone else's thigh bone. And after that, Fred gave away the locations of every body entombed in the garden at 25 Cromwell.
2: And this is where police senses of humor and British senses of humor meet because the way it was discovered is that they went in there like, So what we've got, what we got there. And he's just been like, Well, he got two bodies unless one of them's got three legs.
3: Well, now that's a practical joke there. What a good <laughs> piece of humor there, Officer he Fred Willard. And laughed and yes. laughed and laughed. Yes, indeed.
1: Eventually, Fred also said that Rose was an accomplice, particularly in the kidnapping of Carolyn Owens and the murder of Shirley Robinson, the pregnant woman. And with that, Fred and Rose West were both charged. Fucking finally. Damn. After that, people started telling the newspapers, as is par for the course, that they always knew there was something fishy about twenty-five cromo. Oh, They're
2: full of oh, shit. You did, huh? <laughs> no, they oh, didn't.
1: All oh, oh, was
2: always that oh, fishy knew. about twenty-five Cromwell. Oh, we oh, oh, yeah. knew.
3: Maybe could have said something a little earlier, but oh, But
2: then I'd have to talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so much in the late nights, there's always all these screaming all the time. Yeah. There's like a plague of flies coming up from the cellar. I always knew there's something fishy about old 25 Cromwell.
3: it's uh, no been anyway. going on for 20
1: years, so. Yep. Fred, meanwhile, couldn't even remember how many bodies were buried there, guessing around nine, which I think does indeed tell you that he killed far more than what were buried in the cellar in the garden. We kept being like
2: doing the thing, him, and he's like, there might be one here. There might, there might be, there might be, and it's like bit, real vague. And it's then crazy. He, he'd wait to see what they found, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, there might be some more, there
1: might mm-hmm. be some more." And then he'd wait to see what they found. I'm like, "There might be some over here." Fred also refused hmm. to explain why bones were missing from every single body, and he claimed that he only cut off the heads to make sure they were dead. As far as Rose went, she flipped on Fred as fast as she could in an attempt to save herself.
2: Yeah. What? Oh. She's not really trustworthy. I huh? can't believe. Wow. Yeah. She fucking, she, he said he knew when he sat because he was so excited to mm-hmm. see her. They've been separated, and the whole time he's just been like, once I we'll see more Rose, we're going to get together. We're going to have it. We're going to be all you know. I don't it, know if front. that's
1: going to happen. Um, yeah. And then we
2: showed up. She turned away from him. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Wow. It was at the at the hearing. That was the last time they the la- first time they saw each other after the trial, and the last time they ever saw each other. But in between accusations, Rose spent her days in a police safe house, wearing only a dressing gown, while she watched cartoons or played her own version of Scrabble. In which you could only play words that involved sex in some way. Yeah, like Arkham.
2: Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> Jesus. And she would do the same rocking back and forth, the same self-soothing like mechanism that she would do her whole life. Mm-hmm. And I did see some studies that say that it was also it can be connected to developmental disabilities, like having like that sort of rocking. But yeah. I think that she was she was perfectly normal. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs>
1: Now, after both Fred and Rose West were charged with nine murders, in addition to the two Fred had committed on his own, Fred spent his days in prison as a somewhat bipolar prisoner, alternating between crying jags and greeting the guards with a cheerful Alo Gabna.
2: Yes, and he wrote his little journal. Like So yeah, that was his thing. That he started going into uh, the detail, well, no details, the absolute opposite, mm. but what he viewed as an explanation, which was that he was a romantic. Oh. That no one could understand. And his whole life, he was just searching for that perfect love. He also breaks down why he thought it was okay for his father-in-law to have sex with both of his daughters. Oh. Um, because he says... And his wife. And his wife, yeah. Okay. So, wh- who was his daughter? Yeah. Um, So... Well, Bill asked me to take Glennis home with his van. So on the way, I said to her, hey, do you have sex with other men? And she said, oh, yes, I said. And I said, with your mm-hmm. dad, yes? Yes. Oh, yes, she says. Well, he says he he pays well, right? And I said, do you know that he's having sex with Rose? And she said, yes, he gave her money to do it. So it was for money his daughter was doing it for. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a
3: hell of a memoir. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. she
2: was around. So Bill was there, obviously an accomplice. Definitely yeah. was involved in a lot of crimes, oh. um, but he also was a client of his own daughter.
1: Okay, yep, yeah. It's speculated that Bill Lutz was involved in definitely some of the rapes, possibly some of the murders. Um, Fred's brother was definitely involved, definitely in, involved in the rapes. Oh. He was actually charged with uh, raping Anna Marie over three hundred times. Oh uh, yeah, he God. he killed himself in prison. He hung himself in prison. Oh. And speaking of hanging yourself in prison, on New Year's Day, nineteen ninety-five. Fred had his choice of meal, as was tradition for British prisoners on the holiday. He had soup and pork chops. <laughs> but I don't oh, fucking British man. Maybe we shouldn't go.
3: I don't know.
2: I mean, I like pork chops. But yeah, just soup and had, pork chops. That's My question: Have you ever oh. had a fantastic
1: pork chop? I don't. I make pork chops. I make pork chops quite often. That's one of my at signature home. dishes at home. At home, it's but not in a restaurant. That's what you would beat
3: Bobby Flay with. Your signature dish would be the pork chop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Off, off that, I cut the recipe off of inspiredtaste.com. Yeah. I could beat right. Bobby Flay with my pork chop. All mm.
2: right, Bobby. I'll give you my favorite meal and see if you can best me. It's used condoms and Sprite.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. We must be going to get Fred West today. These are
1: chewy. But soup and chops was actually Fred's last meal. After slurping it down... He tore the sheets of his bed into strips, fashioned a noose, stood on a chair, and kicked it out from underneath. Fittingly, the fall did not break his neck, so Fred West slowly strangled to death in his prison cell. His body was then cremated at Canley Crematorium, miles away in Coventry, because it was the only one that would accept Fred's body. Wow. And Rose was the only other one. Yeah, I guess. Now, Rose West's lawyers weakly tried arguing that since Fred had taken all the blame for the crimes, Rose shouldn't have to stand trial. Oh. But stand trial she did shockingly and ill-advisedly taking the stand at her own insistence to narcissistically set the record straight. She is a pain in the fucking ass. So the
3: defense attorneys didn't put her on the stand on purpose because she was so charming?
2: Yeah, (laughs) they didn't think she was going to rock the room. It's like, when she does her tight 10, Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's walking out of here for sure. (laughs) Um, But they also, there's a great snippet of a phone call that she made where, she's denying anything that she's done. And one thing is she does the Canadian thing. Do you remember with Robert Picton when they had the undercover cop talking to him and the whole time he's just like, and the way he thinks to talk like a criminal is to say Mm -hmm. fuck over and over again, being like, I mean, like, oh, you know, like, thank you. she does the same thing. She'd be yeah. like, fuck Fred. Oh, never. I can't believe. Fuck that. Oh, never. Fuck him. You know what? And I'll have a right mind to say, fuck him. Whoa. I think I disagree
1: with Fred. I couldn't be farther from him. I could actually say that Rose probably used fuck pretty often in yeah, regular yeah, I don't conversations. Think yeah. She's the <laughs> yeah. most articulate woman that's ever yeah. lived. Yeah. yeah. But on the stand, she vastly overestimated her own charm. <laughs> She called her dead daughter, Heather, a quote-unquote awkward baby. She joked about how Fred drank vitamin supplements to keep up his strength enough to keep her constantly pregnant. And she openly made fun of every victim. This, of course, was followed by a highly sarcastic and very British cross-examination in which every claim of innocence was easily proved to be utter bullshit. Rose West was therefore found guilty of 10 murders and two rapes, ensuring lifelong imprisonment. Apparently in prison, Rose West, who's still alive, she is addicted to watching TV documentaries about her own crimes. Which there are many. Mm -hmm. There are many. And she's been heard joking about the huge, goofy glasses she wore during her trial. Reportedly, she said she wouldn't be caught dead wearing them now. Oh, would wow, be caught dead? no. Yeah, that's embarrassing for it you. It is. Rose, though, still maintains her innocence and shows no remorse. And her tragically dangerous horniness did not abate with imprisonment. According to reports, soon after her conviction, she started a prison affair With Myra Henley. Yeah, man. One half of the Moores murderers who killed six children in the mid 60s. Oh, my God.
2: So what do you guys talk about? They,
1: uh, I I
2: don't know. But they
1: said that they would sit
2: every day for breakfast. They would meet because Myra Henley was famously very scary in jail. One of the Mm. only other. I think she is the only other woman to get a life sentence. In British England? crime history, I believe. And she uh, was a chain smoker. And everyone uh. would tell they have all these prisoners talking about what was like being in jail with her. And she was like, Myra Henley was very f- scary. I believe uh, that. But then when Rose West showed up, they were like, she's just this like dumpy like grandma. They didn't understand. But they immediately started slapping clams. And Rose West, her <laughs> move, her move in the shower right. was... She'd just sit there. She would always shower. She'd shower three or four Mm. times a day, and she'd never put on any clothes. And her big thing was to put on a big display of dry in her back, waiting for somebody to come and give it a lick. Okay, fantastically disgusting.
1: Well, from what Hindley's former lawyer said, Rose West, upon coming into prison, she was impressed by Hindley's, quote-unquote, thirst for knowledge. And and prison guards like to refer to them as the gruesome twosome. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. They got a cute nickname. Oh wow. wow. It's almost like there's no justice in the world. Mm. This relationship, however, ended soon after it began, because West said that Hendley could be very manipulative.. Mm. <laughs> Whoa. Other reports say that the relationship ended over a fight over which one was more famous, because Rose's star was starting to overtake Myra's as the most notorious female serial killer in England's history.
2: Wow. Man, oh man, that is a disgusting story. Yeah. I am glad that we are at the end of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, we I'm prepared for the UK now. That's oh, for yeah. for certain. Uh, I can't wait. I'm to be a
3: little bit more uh, aware of my surroundings. Yeah, because you're definitely going to, they're looking for you. Mm-hmm. I know.
1: Yep, skin uh, me, the me- me- beans
3: You'll now, get some of those beans, Marcus. I've heard,
2: um, this is going to be my first example of this. I've heard this Liz Truss, is a bit cheeky as well. I don't know what that oh, is. That's the new prime minister. Yeah. Oh, oh, and okay. so we're gonna have to learn these things now. No,
3: I don't want to learn any more about them.
2: We're gonna go over <laughs> here, we're gonna be we're gonna learn different knowledge, uh-huh. different things that will help us talk. And we're gonna say stuff like Liz Truss, more like Biz Nuss. I don't know. I feel <laughs> yeah. like in some way we're gonna have to figure out something to do with her name. Yeah. Well,
3: they'll get rid of her. They get rid of people real quick over there.
1: Yeah. And don't, and and please, I know it's very sweet, but don't bring me cans of Heinz baked beans to the show. I can't carry them with me. They're too sounds heavy. sounds like he's asking it for does It does sound like, like he's asking that. for it. He beans, They're too heavy. I'm, he is still asking for from, I'm still suffering from long COVID. I can't carry things. Yes.
3: Okay. Well, Interesting. So don't bring beans to the show
1: <laughs> unless
2: they are in bags. Bags, beans well, would it's really the can. That sure. like, really is. That's what that I'm is, that like is a
3: lot of the weight. A, a
2: ziploc of loose beans. Sure. That Marcus will gladly take that.
1: Um, yeah, And Absolutely. also, it's
2: going to be difficult for it with, with truly traveling with pallets of iron brew.
1: Yes, yeah. it will but be. now I actually it's several... pronounced iron brew. I don't know why you insist on calling it iron brew. It's iron brew. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's iron brew. You know I, that. I should think I it's iron brew. I I don't know.
2: It's not. It's iron brew. I have gotten several emails immediately that have, like, they've already said that apparently there's a new formula to Iron Brew and it is oh, dissatisfied. It's not as People good. People have been
1: saying that for years now. It's <laughs> not quite as good. They did change the formula. They put less sugar in it now. They've been saying it for years. Why? I know it's not as good as the first because to make it healthier. Are you oh, American? Well, I mean, Are you on. even American? Come on. What do you mean, am I well, American? Bring, bring I, your I, own didn't sugar I didn't do I didn't fucking go to Scotland and tell them to change the goddamn Iron Brew recipe. Apparently, if you want the original Iron Brew taste, you can drink the Iron Brew energy drink. Come that on. tastes like original Iron <laughs> Brew.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, that's nice. That gives you a little pep in your step it there.
2: Does.
3: So that'll be That'll be fun to dance to all the fiddle music and have a good time with. Oh. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, uh, couples, huh? All really right. perfect well, Really, really good you. way to wrap
2: up uh, Next week we've got a, a We've got a bit of a UFO tale oh. And then begins the true Spooky time Halloween we, Because hey. we're going to be there, we're going to be in the UK We're going to be following some spooky fucking bullshit over there okay, I'm very excited like, And we, uh, you know, honestly If you got a good scary story If you've got a good scary place For us to visit yeah. over there mm. I would love to go see some haunted homes And not just your home Okay. But, Like something that's like, where, where can we go? I know they got the, what's the, the, it, the Tower of London. You just
3: said don't go to these kinds of places. And then
1: you're requesting people to tell you to go to those places. But I'm just saying.
3: you are going to get murdered.
2: Not us.
1: Why not? Yeah. Once we're there, we're going to be doing like a special, uh, what is it, UK Marcus Side Stories edition. Yeah. We're going to uh, be doing it. Yeah. yeah. So a if you got ketchup. anything, if you get anything like a, a cool, like fucking story from, like, paranormal British history that's not as well known. We already know Borley Rectory. We know all yeah, about Borley that. Borley Rectory! Absolutely. But if you got something that's a little lesser known, send it on to us. We might talk about it on the show. No sure.
3: crimes have ever taken place in England. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all <laughs> so much. We know that
2: inequivocally, be not true, we just covered for, I know, for no, no hours, it's, so.
3: it's fully haunted. It's a scary place. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail
2: Satan.
3: Hail Geen. everybody.
2: Check the floorboards.
3: Yeah. I'm going to put that out there. If you're moving into a new place. Oh, my God. Check the floorboards. What a nightmare. Do you get, like, a refund? No. You don't? No, I'd be real mad if I bought a house that had a bunch of corpses in it. As
2: a matter of fact, the government shows up, rips up all of your property, and then it just leaves. Yeah,
1: Unfair. It is.
2: (laughs) It's true, though. We were joking about that, but then our contractor, we were like, if you see a skeleton in there, tell us. It's great for our brand. And he's just like, just so you know, if I do see a skeleton in here, we're gonna have to call the police. It's just like, whatever, man. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.